Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 10.30 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It is Monday the 13th of April 2020. This is episode, what the hell is the number of this episode? This is episode 232 of Bitcoin and let's get right into this little exchange between Smiling Llama and Shitcoin Sherpa. Smiling Llama says, at this moment in time, my trading journal is simply an elaborate explanation of different ways to lose money. Sherpa responds, mine just reads like the longest suicide note ever. <laughs> if you're feeling down, yeah, well, welcome to Bitcoin, dude. <laughs> just saying. All right. With all that said, let's just get on into this one. Uh, I'm pro- I am totally off today. My arm is in serious pain, dude. I slept on it wrong or pulled a muscle and feel like I got a nerve compression. So my whole right arm feels like it's sort of on fire right now. Uh, and it's really painful, and it sucks ass, so bear with me, guys. Daily HODL staff writing for the Daily HODL sometime yesterday. Crypto Exchange launches a new way to send Bitcoin. No internet required. Oh, yeah, we'll see about this. Venezuela-based exchange CryptoLago is rolling out a new service that allows crypto users to send Bitcoin without having to be connected to the internet. The service which supports crypto transactions via text message, was launched on April the 6th in response to Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro's call to action. Strapped by the United States sanctions, hyperinflation, a spiraling economy, and political pressure, Maduro is looking for offline payment system that can work with the Petro, the controversial government-issued digital currency that his administration Ninja launched in February of 2018. According to CryptoLago, Quote, following our president's guidelines, Nicolas Maduro, and for our crypto nation with the new payments by SMS, we have opened the possibility for all the Venezuelan people to carry out transactions in Petro in a very practical way. Well, I don't know how the hell that has anything to do with Bitcoin. Let's let's see if they actually shore this up. Crypto Lago's new SMS-based payment system supports oh, all cryptocurrencies on the platform, including the Petro. BTC, Litecoin, Dash, and the token of the Venezuelan crypto bank, Gulfco. The service also enables the transfer of Bolivar, the national fiat currency, without an internet connection. The exchange hopes the new service will be a boon for the country, where about 30% of the population does not have access to the internet. Maybe you should get your shit together, guys. Now, speaking of a guy who does not have his shit together... Craig Wright abandons libel suit against Adam Back, pays all legal fees. Samuel Haig writing for Cointelegraph. Sometime earlier this morning, Craig Wright self-proclaimed Satoshi Nakamoto and chief scientist at InChain has dropped all libel lawsuit 
or dropped a libel lawsuit against Adam Back over the Blockstream chief executive's assertion that Cred Wright was fraudulent and claiming to be the creator of Bitcoin. Wright filed the complaint alongside similar suits targeting Ethereum co-founder Vitalik Buterin, Bitcoin.com founder Roger Ver, podcaster Peter McCormick, and Twitter user Hodlinot one year ago. On April the 12th, Adam Back tweeted that Craig Wright had abandoned his libel suit. Back stated that Wright's representation declined to give any explanation of why Craig uh, retracted. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The Blockstream CEO also notes that Wright agreed to reimburse all legal fees he incurred, describing the move as strange, given that it is it is reasonable costs of between 65% and 75% is the legal standard. In total, he estimates that the exercise cost right upwards of $25,000 USD. After agreeing to dismiss the case, Back states that he received roughly $8,400 by wire the very next business day. Back adds, quote, on the plus side, I have to thank Craig for paying for a very informative two-hour briefing on latest UK libel law trends and hilarious and detailed briefing on the case versus Peter McCormick from legal experts at RPC, who were barely stifling smirks at the craziness much of the time. <laughs> In response to the ruling, McCormick tweeted, Me next. In July of 2019, the High Court of England and Wales dismissed the libel suit against Roger Ver over lack of jurisdiction. Ver was served with the $125,000 lawsuit in May. 2019, to which he quickly responded with a video message stating, Craig Wright is a liar and a fraud, so sue me. Again. (coughs) In January of 2020, the High Court also ruled that it did not have jurisdiction over the suit against Hodelanot, asserting that the case must proceed in Norway instead. Vitalik Buterin did not respond to the letter sent by Wright in April 2019, and no update appears to have taken place regarding that case since. So, Craig... <clears throat> and the walls come tumbling down, I suppose. We'll have to see how the, what shakes out of all the rest of this. But meanwhile, the Daily Hodel staff is writing for the Daily Hodel sometime yesterday. One billion dollars worth of Bitcoin was transferred and it triggers whale watchers. Crypto giant reveals motive behind the transaction. A huge Bitcoin transaction is catching the eye of crypto whale watchers. A pseudonymous crypto trader and analyst who goes by the name of Chrisma spotted the transfer of 146,500 Bitcoin, which is worth about $1 billion at time of publishing. As traders tried to determine the reason for the transfer, Bitfinex chief technology officer Paolo Arduino revealed that the leading Hong Kong-based exchange is behind the transaction. According to Arduino, Bitfinex was shifting funds between its hot and cold wallets. The exchange transferred 15,000 BTC to its hot wallet, and the rest was routed back to Bitfinex's original cold wallet. The total cost of the billion-dollar transaction? 69 cents. Do that with gold, Peter. Arduino says he's thinking of announcing all big transfers in the future to avoid causing confusion. This isn't the first time a crypto exchange has caused a stir due to large unannounced movements of crypto. Last year, the Seattle-based crypto exchange Bitrix was linked to one of the biggest movements of BTC on record. Oh, and I didn't want to do that, bro. No, no, hold on, no. Yeah, and that's the end of the article. Um, So all, any of you guys out there that saw that movement occur and like uh, kind of uh, soiled their britches, yeah, it's just... 
it's just those guys moving their stuff around. It's it's going to be fine. Although the takeaway is one billion dollars was moved for sixty-seven cents. Sixty-seven cents. How Orbit helps you find cheap Bitcoin. This is Robert Stevens writing for Decrypt.co. Sometime yesterday, Ubit has launched a new AI system that helps its, helps its users find cheap Bitcoin. It searches exchanges and peer-to-peer desks. All right. Singaporean crypto company Ubit yesterday launched a new artificial intelligence feature that connects buyers with the cheapest Bitcoin it can find. The system searches across different platforms, which includes exchanges and peer-to-peer desks and scans for the lowest prices. The company claims that it is to cryptocurrency what Skyscanner is to flights, Plug in your desired coin and Ubit Hunter, its new artificial intelligence system, will find the best price. Quote, the data is then intelligently computed together with known fee structures, location availability, market depth, immediacy, and other factors to derive the best possible trading opportunity as per our recommendation, Ahan Miller, CMO uh, and co-founder, told Decrypt. The new feature launches with support for 10 exchanges, including Kraken, Bitfinex, Binance, and Coinbase Pro. Quote, currently, we're rolling out Bitcoin in order to test our machine learning algorithms and make sure everything is in order in time to come with more data available. And as we do further testing, we'll add more currencies, said Miller. Oh, joy. The service works in tandem with another new feature called Ubit Pass which lets users buy crypto without signing into exchanges each time. Miller said that the feature is designed with compliance in mind, of course, and without sacrificing security. Login data is never stored on Ubit, but locally encrypted on the user's device. Ubit first launched as a niche peer-to-peer desk in 2017, but stumbled upon many difficulties, a spokesperson for Ubit told Decrypt. With the new features, the company is looking to broaden its appeal. Miller said that Ubit... Also has plans to launch a pro version for institutional traders, he added, since the current platform only covers the needs of crypto newbies and day-to-day traders. But Ubit, which recently raised $1 million and is seeking more funding from all undisclosed investors, lacks one thing its competitors have in fistfuls. Money. Zigloo, an upcoming British challenger bank, and Huobi, a crypto exchange that's based in Singapore after it got chased out of China, use their immense wealth to pose as power users on crypto exchanges and OTC desks. This bags them large discounts on crypto, which they then pass on to their users. Dwarfed by the wherewithal of its rival, Ubit is instead looking for cooperation. Our Ubit Hunter recommendation mechanism would work wonders for Zigloo because an enterprise institutional volume purchaser would come to Ubit, key in their intended trade volumes or requirements, and will immediately be able to recommend Zigloo's offering to them, said Miller. He added that Ubit <clears throat> is in talks with Huobi, but did not disclose details. So there you go. Ubit is spelled O-O-B-I-T, by the way, just in case you guys were wondering. Uh, Samuel Haig is writing this one for Cointelegraph sometime yesterday. Square's users can route stimulus payments to BTC-friendly Cash App. That's right. Square's Cash App is allowing U.S. citizens and residents who don't usually file a tax return to direct forthcoming government stimulus payments to the mobile payments application. The move comes after the company failed to convince the United States Treasury to let it distribute the stimulus funds 
to segments of the United States population. Within hours of the IRS greenlighting the distribution of stimulus funds to citizens who don't file tax returns on April the 10th, Square users can accept payments issued under Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security, or the CARES Act, directly into their cash app balance. A post on Square's website explains that the app will provide routing and account numbers that you can use to deposit your stimulus payment directly into your cash app balance. On the same day, Square launched an online portal to make it easy for non-taxpaying users to request payments to their Cash App account from the IRS. A similar portal will be rolled out on April the 17th to allow taxpayers to request that the payment is made to their Cash App balance. At the end of March, executives representing Cash App and fellow digital payments platform Venmo engaged the United States Treasury to discuss how they could assist in in dispersing the stimulus package. Amid the global economic downturn, Square notes an increase in engagement with BTC on its cash app. During an investor call on March the 21st, Square CFO Amrita Ahuga stated that, quote, adoption and engagement of fractional equity investing in Bitcoin have accelerated in recent weeks, uh, citing recent market interest and volatility. BTC is increasingly becoming a cornerstone of Square's revenues with a shareholder letter published in late February announcing that half of the firm's Q4 2019 revenue came from Cash App's Bitcoin services. Well, is it that special? All right, this is going to be a short show, guys, because honestly, there's really just not a whole lot going on out there uh, except a bunch of fear and, and loathing and stuff like that. So Just be aware, we're going to go right into uh, some vital statistics and then we're going to come out the other side, all right? So uh, you guys just hold tight. All right, traditional markets. Let's see what's going on here. We're at cnbc.com forward slash markets. Oh, and by the way, yeah, I made a mistake on Friday's show. But Friday was good Friday, so all the markets were closed. All those numbers were from Maundy Thursday, in case you didn't know what that particular Thursday during Holy Week was called. It's called Maundy Thursday, and yeah, that's why, anyway, so hey, we all screw up. Give me a break. All right, so uh, S&P 500 is trading down 2%, or uh, yeah, 2%. NASDAQ is down 1%. Dow Jones Industrial is down 2.25%. The FTSE is up 2, almost 3%. Nikkei is down 2 and a third. Hang Seng is up one and a third, and that looks like it's going to be, oh yeah, volatility is up. Uh, last was on the VIX was 44.14. Bonds, eh, they're doing their thing, man. Everything seems to be pretty much stable. J- uh, the Japanese 10-year bond turned positive again. It's yielding 0.003%. The German 10-year bond is still in negative territory, will probably always be in negative territory at minus 0.346%. Now, on to other things. Let's see what Bitcoin's doing. 6,741 and 71 cents. Uh, we have a high. It looks like our high is going to be over at Coinbase Pro at six. No, yeah, 6,756. Our low is at uh, Hitbit at 6,734. Transactions over the last 24 hours numbered 263,000, giving us a mere 11,000 transactions uh, on hour per average. 
We had six, oh wow, low volume, 651,000 BTC were sent over the last 24 hours. And that gives us about 27,000 BTC being sent on average per hour with an average transaction value of two and a half BTC and the median transaction value going as low as 0.03 BTC or right at 200 bucks. Block time is still low. Gee, God, I wonder why. Eight minutes and 56 seconds with 0.09 BTC being taken in fees on a per block basis and only 15.5 BTC being taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. Last time nobody did anything on Bitcoin was sometime yesterday. Yeah, see, they even work on Easter, man. Ethereum is at 153, Bcash at 220, BSV at 187, Litecoin at $40.50. Ethereum Classic at $5 and a dime. Dogecoin is at 0.0019. With 35,000 transactions in the last 24 hours, it beats Ethereum Classic as well as Litecoin. Ah, there you go, bro. So let's see what my node has to say about all this stuff. Let me refresh it. It has a tendency not to refresh itself. And my hash rate of the network is showing as uh, 118 exahashes per second with only four megabytes in the mempool, representing a mere 3,600 transactions. I've got an empty, well, I've got a couple of not full blocks here. I actually have one, two, three, four, five blocks that are not full. So guys, do your transactions. Or whatever, you know, I'm just saying. The Lightning Network is at a capacity of, oh, wow, 953.6 BTC, representing $6.48 million in liquidity. We have 6,690 nodes in total, and the total number of channels is 36,377. Now, the Tor capacity has gone up to 405 BTC, representing 42.5% of the percentage of TOR capacity, with the number of TOR nodes sitting at 1,967. That's going to do it for vitals. All right, guys, welcome to the snooze you can use. All right, it's HTC is bringing cryptocurrency mining to its Exodus blockchain phone. Yes, and in the annals of stupidity, this one pretty much rings rings the loudest. This was written sometime yesterday for Coindesk by Daniel Palmer, Taiwan-based tech giant HTC will allow users of its Exodus blockchain phone to mine cryptocurrency, but it isn't going to make them rich. Then, Then why the hell do it? As reported by Forbes on Friday, the firm has partnered with Mita Labs to use its D-Miner app on the Exodus 1S model. The app allows users to mine Monero and can earn users, oh joy, up to $0.0038 in the crypto on average daily. Of course, the electricity used to carry out the mining task would come to less than half of the income from mining, according to the report. That amount of income isn't going to repay the cost of the phone in any reasonable time span and, in fact, would take up about 13,680 days, roughly 37 years, to earn the value of one unit of XMR at the current price of 52 bucks apiece. However, HTC says the effort is aimed at bringing further decentralized decentralization to my crypto mining, a process that sees computers used to secure the blockchain and process transactions to return for in return for block rewards. 
Mining of cryptocurrency has progressed from using computer processors to graphics cards and even dedicated processors called ASICs for some blockchains as participants sought to maintain returns amid rising network difficulties. As such, the ability to mine on a mobile phone is at least novel and may increase adoption and education around cryptocurrency. HTC said the D-Miner app, expected to launch sometime Q2 of this year, used on the Exodus is roughly equivalent to a desktop computer in terms of mining power, uh, but brings far lower energy demands. Quote, the question is not should we use an ASIC or a CPU. The question is how can we further decentralize and ensure a more inclusive monetary system? Phil Chin, HTC's decentralized chief officer, said in a Forbes report, HTC introduced the Exodus 1S last October, touting it as the only mobile app that can run a full Bitcoin node. The Exodus range allows users to store cryptocurrencies in the built-in Zion hardware wallet with claimed military-grade security. Early last month, the firm revealed a 5G router that will also support a full Bitcoin node. That one makes sense to me, but... Here's one that is kind of, kind of, I don't know, man. It's sort of like, it's not like we didn't know this was coming, but God, when you see it in writing, it just kind of still smacks you around. Roger Ver has stopped mining Bitcoin cash after having. Roger Ver reconsiders mining the, the Bitcoin cash, the very coin he's pushed since his fork from Bitcoin in 2017. This is from Crypto Briefing. Yeah, who's writing this one? Oh, Pereshu Garg is writing this one on April the 9th. So it's a little bit older, but hey, no need to hit it anyway. Bitcoin Cash saw its hash rate drop dramatically following yesterday's halving, bringing its network security to all-time lows. Even the mining pool operated by Roger Ver, one of the main figureheads behind the coin, almost entirely stopped mining BCH. Bcash, one of Bitcoin's most popular forks, went through its first halving yesterday. This took the mining reward from 12.5 to 6.25 BCH, about 3,200 to 1,600 every 10 minutes. Though some expected the coin's price to react strongly to the event, prices actually rose leading up to the halving, increased, increasing by over 17% since April the 5th. Miners on the network, however, showed a much different reaction. Almost immediately after the network hit block 630,000, there was a 109-minute gap between blocks. This is 10 times the normal 10-minute block time before the network adjusted the mining difficulty. As a consequence, transactions on the network ground to a halt during that time. Oh, gee, who would have guessed? Data shows this was a direct result of the network's hash rate drop, a consequence of fewer dollars allocated to mining. According to data from CoinWares, the hash rate on the Bitcoin Cash network dropped from 4 exahashes per second on April the 8th to below 1 exahash the following day, a startling reduction. Several sources indicate that the BCH hash rate could have dropped further if it hadn't been for some mining pools operating at a loss to maintain the network. There is speculation that BTC.com, the largest mining pool on the Bitcoin Cash network operated by hardware manufacturer Bitmain is responsible for the majority of the hash rate. Earlier today, data from Blockchair showed that BTC.com mined 20 out of the 36 blocks produced since the halving, or 56% of the blocks. This puts the network at risk of a 51% attack should the pool collude with another operator. Another or other major mining pools also saw drastic hash rate reductions 
commensurate with BTC.com's new dominance. Mining pools, AMP pool and Poolin saw a 65% and a 44% drop in hash rate, respectively. Data also shows that Bitcoin.com, one of the most prominent mining pools on the network, has also been operating at a significant loss. The pool, which is operated by the Bitcoin Cash Exchange and corresponding educational website, has seen its hash rate drop by over 92% in the past 24 hours. It seems that even its CEO, Roger Ver, the former Bitcoin evangelist turned Bcash promoter, is finding it hard to keep his mining operations going in the wake of such a drastic reward reduction. We are yet to see whether the huge losses in hash rate will continue or will the network be able to see some sort of stabilization in the following weeks. Needless to say, the uncertainty poses significant risks for BCH holders. Guys, if you're holding bags of BCH, get out, bro. Uh, It's like the, the Amityville Horror House telling the people, the family, when they're moving in to get yeah, they should have taken the advice too. All right, Daily Hodel staff writing for the Daily Hodel uh, sometime April the 11th. Bitcoin having searches breakout <clears throat> with a biggest event in crypto just 30 days away. The Bitcoin having countdown has reached the one month mark with estimates targeting 29 to 31 days left to go. The halving event will reduce the amount of new Bitcoin entering the circulating supply by dropping mining rewards by 50%. The event has triggered increasing interest in, as central banks resort to money printing to counter the economic blow to coronavirus, <clears throat> or the economic blow of the coronavirus. <clears throat> Bitcoin having countdown, Bitcoin having price chart, and Bitcoin having clock are all currently trending on Google as breakout searches in the U.S. Bitcoin having prediction, Bitcoin having price prediction, and Bitcoin having 2020 are all breakout searches worldwide around the globe, Slovenia, St. Helena, Switzerland, Singapore, and the Netherlands lead the world in Bitcoin having searches, according to Google Trends, with South Africa and Venezuela rounding out the top 10. Oh, supporters say Bitcoin will prove itself as a viable alternative to world currencies, central bankers, and politicians By creating a sound form of money, against a backdrop of quantitative easing, the highly volatile and decentralized asset remains resistant to a supply surge. With an uptick in interest, the Bitcoin halving is expected to add supply pressure when it begins next month around May the 11th. How the halving will affect price is largely disputed, with some analysts saying that the halving will have little to no impact since the event has already been priced in. Don't blame me, man. I'm just the messenger, bro. James Todaro, head of research at TradeBlock, anticipates a price rise. Quote, following the Bitcoin halving, miners estimated break-even costs will rise from $7,000 to $12,000 to $15,000 per BTC after. I would not be surprised if we see Bitcoin prices rise above these levels so that miners remain profitable. Crypto analyst Plan B, who popularized the stock-to-flow model, to predict the price of Bitcoin breaks down why he believes BTC is on a trajectory to the upside. Quote, to maintain $7,000 since October 2017, Bitcoin must have had about $400 million of new cash inflow every month for the last 2.5 years, assuming all trading is a zero-sum game. Now, after the halving, we only need $200 million per month to keep 7K level. If $400 million stays, then... Rocket. In the long term, the founder of Social Capital and former Facebook executive Chamath 
says Bitcoin will either moon or die, giving the king coin a five to 10% chance of soaring to millions of dollars. So there you go. Uh, and that's going to do it for the snooze you can use. However, let's just go ahead and dive right on into the daily train wrecked, right? Right. No, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. Now this one, who is this coming from? I forgot. I need to make sure that I think it's Randy McMillan is the one that sent me this. Let me just double check. Yeah. Randy McMillan sent me this a few days ago saying, I don't know if it's real, but it's a train wrecked if so. And he is right. However, I, yeah, is this one true? I don't know. Let's, let's say, let's say it's not true. It's still worth the read because it's so well done. It was written by, it's a Reddit post and it was uh, posted sometime on the ninth. Yeah. The ninth of this year uh, of this month. Um, I am assuming this is following the announcement that Bernie the Burn Man decided to drop out of the race. But this person says, this is not effing funny. <clears throat> I literally donated my student loan balance that my parents signed for to Bernie's campaign. Let me stop right there. Who in their right mind would donate loan money of any kind whatsoever to a political campaign? You're just already shot yourself in the head right there. I'm freaking the F out right now. I've been nauseous since yesterday and worse than the time I found out I was pregnant. Bernie promised he'd beat the effing Cheeto and erase student loan debts. I needed this. I'm so effed. My dad is going to disown me. I know it. He has told me before that university was my last chance. And the second the tuition check doesn't clear for the next semester, I'll be broke and homeless. I'm shaking so hard typing this. I'll do anything. Please, please tell me there's a way to get my money back that isn't bullshit. You effing nationalist greedy Fs couldn't just let us have... Wait, hold on. Something happened. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, God. <clears throat> uh, you effing nationalist greedy Fs couldn't just let us have free education and live in a better world. You had to ruin my life instead. I hate you so effing much. Now I have to choose between two rapists for president and try to explain why I'm a dropout and beg my parents not to kick me out. I have no words. I'm just screaming into my pillow and trying not to throw this effing phone into the wall. I'm so effing angry. You effing magapedes are going to pay for this, I swear. Now, let's just take a breath and realize that this reads exactly like the same type of Reddit post that come in that prompts us to par, uh, to post the suicide cryptocurrency suicide hotline number. Okay, this it does to me. This is almost word for word the exact same structure as somebody who mortgaged their house that their family lives in to go all in Litecoin. All right, I'm I'm serious. It reads the exact same way. I don't know if this is true. There's something about that. Uh, when, when she says it yesterday, worse than the time I found out I was pregnant. I mean, all of a sudden it's like, uh, it's not that that like, I don't know. There's just something about that. That's like, I think it might be somebody messing around, but honestly, I could definitely see this actually being a real thing for several different people who probably did donate 
uh, part of their student loan distribution to the Bernie Sanders campaign because he was going to uh, get rid of student loans. I don't know. It's just the whole thing is just ridiculous. Okay. But be that as it may, let's have a happy ending note here with dad says jokes. How much does it cost to buy a large singing group? You mean a choir? Okay, fine. How much does it cost to acquire a large singing group? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I believe that execution was just fine. Okay. There's no chicken report uh, because all the chickens are fine and they're growing and they're eating. And really, honestly, guys, dude, there's just nothing to tell. But it is, uh, God, it's Monday the 13th. So be really careful out there. We got whales swimming. Uh, we got the having coming up. We've got Roger Verdra. Oh God, it's the whole the whole space is a complete mess. So uh, I guess we're gonna have to clean our room a little bit. Anyway, I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.